0: Okay, so if you're like me, you love to switch up your home decor on the regular. New table here, new rug there, but it can get expensive if you're not shopping at the right place. That's why I shop at Overstock. I don't have to choose between low prices or quality home goods. At Overstock, I get both. Plus, in the continental U.S., there's free shipping on everything with no minimums. So get that new table or rug. Find something that fits your style and budget at Overstock, where quality costs less. Just something else. First, Baylor is coming into this game against West Virginia tonight, and they were struggling. I mean, almost lost, nearly lost to Iowa State, lost to Kansas. Just haven't looked like themselves after being shut down for for COVID. And then tonight, it just completely different story. I mean. At least the tale of two halves. First half, the same thing looked like it was about to happen. That they started off pretty well, but then tired legs. Then they went to the half and came out just haymaker after haymaker with West Virginia, just going back and forth. And those tired legs just seemed to go away. And that's finally the first time that Baylor started to look like themselves and driving strong to the hoop towards the end of that game and that's the the bucket that got them into overtime was driving straight into the lane getting a layup uh, on a contested layup and going strong to the rim that's it, it the, the tired leg narrative kind of completely went away in that second half but now Michigan was thought coming into this game tonight to be well, they might be number 1 right Gonzaga, they've been winning, but not winning like we want them to, especially a number 1 team in the country. And Baylor, of course, how they've looked for the past few games, they've been shaky. Michigan, though, they've been on it. They've been beating every single team in front of them. Good wins on the road, one in Columbus against Ohio State, which at the time we all thought was going to be maybe a number 1 seed as well. And they come into this game against Illinois. Their top scorer, Ayo Dasunmu, out. And it was a hammer Hammer, Michigan spot. Don't think about it. Michigan at home. Have one of the best players in the country in Hunter Dickinson. And Illinois without their leading scorer. And they're down by 19 now as Illinois... Just made a bucket for an and one and have a chance of the line to make it a 20-point game in the second half. 13 minutes and counting. And it now is a 20-point game. I just... It's, it's hard to kind of continuously, night after night with college basketball... To, to seem like I have a firm grasp on it because every time I feel like we get some, we got something, it just completely turns upside on his head. And tonight, that's happening. You're tuned in to The Line Change, Fox Sports to Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Get away from college basketball for a little bit. One thing that I don't talk about enough that I should be is hockey. The Flyers, they're down 3-1 to one now with eight minutes left in the second period. A lot of scoring in that second period. Uh, scoreless first, now four goals scored in the second in Pittsburgh. So we're going to talk some pucks and sticks. And also about this question I have up about the Eagles at Jansen 34 It's Mark Drumheller, the sports wagering wizard here at The Gambler. You can follow him at x underscore drumheller. Uh, Mark, what what the heck is going on in Pittsburgh right now? Uh, Flyers now down three to one.
1: Yeah, they fell apart real quick, right? You know they get a, they get the one goal lead, everything looks good, and then you know all of a sudden you know it looks like the defense has collapsed, which has been the story for the Flyers, you know, this year. Um, so it's it's a little disheartening. I mean, these two teams pretty equal, right? Twenty twenty five points. Penguins, twenty third, fourth, fifth place. But Flyers are only three points out of first, so they can't afford to let these games get away, especially you get a Pittsburgh team that's not 100%. Um, you know, you would think they'd be able to take advantage.
0: Yeah, you think they would have. And the question remains, is Carter, is this a Carter Hart still not in a group thing, or is this the Flyers are not playing well in front of them? And how hard of a question is that the kind of answer at this point?
1: Yeah, well, it's probably both, right? And and the reality is, is they're not playing well in front of them, and he's probably not at his best. But that's to be expected, like with goalies, You know, mentally they're a different breed, but just like kickers in football, closers in baseball, right? They're going to have you know peaks and valleys during the season, uh, you know. But they got to make sure that they play well in front of them to try and, you know, instead of him bailing them out all the time, you know, maybe they can bail out their goalie a little bit.
0: That would help if they could do that every once in a while for Carter Hart, Uh, and they've done
1: it a lot of missed opportunities. Like they had the power plays early, you know, and Pittsburgh's a team 29th in the NHL penalty kill and the flyers weren't, weren't able to take advantage. And I think that that's really, um, you know, that was a sign of what we could expect going forward.
0: Yeah. And that was a shame because the flyers could have honestly been able to come out to a couple goal lead in the first period and didn't take advantage of that. And now they're kind of, uh, they're, they're being punished for it. But, Carter Hart has been, for Philadelphia Flyers fans, a big topic of discussion. But, of course, in Philadelphia, another big topic of discussion, as always, is quarterback. And I have up right now, at jjanson 34 my Twitter account, a poll, uh, asking which one of the quarterbacks that I have listed. And everybody's giving me different replies, like Trey Lance as well. And somebody gave me... Uh, and it was Drew Smith of the Liberty line. You know, what would it be with Carson Wentz, which is a good question? But what would, or which one of these quarterbacks would give the Eagles a higher win total on DraftKings Sportsbook heading into 2021? It's Jalen Hurts and then three prospects in the draft Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. I know we were talking a little bit before the break, so I kind of know your thoughts, but you honestly don't think it'll move as much no matter what the quarterback is.
1: I really don't, and to be honest with you, it hasn't moved with the trade of Wentz, and that may be because of the market automatically assumed he would be out of there, right? But, um, you know, there were plus 6,600 to win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, before Wentz, plus 6,600 after, you know, now that Jalen Hurts um, Wentz is out of the way, and it looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter unless they draft a quarterback. But I don't think that any of these quarterbacks are really going to move the needle because I think the betting market understands that there's a lot more that needs to happen with the Eagles football team in order for them to really make a jump. Um, you know, they have, if you look at the conference winner uh, odds, you know, that the Eagles plus 3,000 to win the NFC, right? There's only one team, the Detroit Lions, that, are, that have longer odds, and they're pretty much tanky. Like, it's almost like, you know, so that just kind of shows, you know, the perception of this Eagles team in the betting market, Um, you know, and it's just going to take a lot more in the quarterback, I think, to move that number. And does –
0: do you think it would change at all, or does it maybe say something if it doesn't change if the Eagles were to draft – let's say Justin Fields or maybe Mac Jones would be more of a reality because while Fields may be falling a little bit on some draft boards, still seems like he's going to go somewhere in the top five along with Wilson and of course Trevor Lawrence at number one. So let's just say the most realistic opportunity is to draft Mac Jones and that happens. Uh, I I think we also discussed this, you said it would be a decrease, but it, it doesn't, really change much or you don't think it will change much with any of these quarterbacks what does that say though about Jalen Hurts or about maybe these draft prospects does it have something to say about them or is it more just about the Eagles team collectively
1: yeah I think it's about the Eagles team collectively now I do think if they were to get a field right you know obviously um he is the most highly talented if not Zach Wilson you know highly talented option and when you look at Jalen Hurts as much as You know, we applaud him for, you know, what he did at the end of the season last year and coming into a bad situation and being able to beat a good Saints team. You know, also, if you look at the analytics, you know, the numbers, they don't show well for Jalen Hurts, um, especially as a passer. Now, there's a lot that goes into that, right? He also had, you know, as far as yards per pass was at the top of the league, so he was taking deep shots, but, you know, pass completion and things like that, not good. So not a lot of confidence. Um, in Jalen Hurts going forward, especially when you consider, you know, if you're told, we're talking about national opinion and the opinion of the betting market, it, you know, he was pretty much when they drafted him in the second round, a lot of people had thought he was a reach. You know, a lot of people had him graded as a third or fourth round quarterback. So now you have a team that's coming off four wins and has decided to possibly go with the second year starter who was graded out at the draft is a uh, third or fourth round, you know, selection. And, they're, they're handing the keys over to him with a roster that has a lot of holes. I think that's pretty much the main reason why you see the Eagles line the way they are. Um, that could change, you know, after free agency in the draft, right? If they have a real great draft, get people excited, you know, maybe that number could move up. But I think it's going to take a lot more than the quarterback. I do think if they were to take a field as opposed to a Mac Jones. Um, I think we might see a little bit of movement, um, but not much. You know, like they're right in the mix with you know the Giants and, and teams like that, and I think that that's pretty much where they'll continue to be.
0: Now, if you had to guess, what do you think the number would be with any of these quarterbacks? You said it might not change much, so what do you think the win total would be for the Eagles uh, whenever that number comes out on DraftKings uh, heading into 2021?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be six. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, maybe we get a six and a half if they have a good draft or good free agency. You know, but I think that that's pretty much when they when they formulate these win totals. You know, they they do a lot of it off the Pythagorean theorem, and it's a lot of it is based <laughs> off of. You know, um, it, it really is, and it's based off of like if you want to like scale it down, it, it's kind of based off of points scored, points against, right? You know, points for, points against, and you'll see when those totals come out how they're kind of in. Like almost aligned with the previous years, you know, points for points against, right? So, so that's kind of like an indicator. And when you look at that, like the Eagles will be, you know, right in that area, six-win football team. Now, if they do something, you know, you know, crazy, like if if they were, you know, to trade for Deshaun Watson, which we know is not really feasible, but if they were to, to do something, if there was like a major change within the team, that you know, that could move that number off of that. But typically, um, you can almost kind of guess or get a good idea of, where that point total is going to come in just based off of points for and points against from the previous year.
0: We're talking with Mark Drumheller. You can follow him at X underscore Drumheller on Twitter. He's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt. Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit DrGlatt.com and now I want to get into more of the hockey. We want to get on the ice here. I saw something interesting just uh, something that was thrown out there uh, today because I haven't been thinking much about this team because I thought they were just bad. Obviously, I don't Pay deep attention into hockey. I pay a lot of attention to the Flyers. I've had my eye on a couple of teams, but I saw something on the Devils. Uh, your thoughts about them? They're seven, eight, and two. Probably ex- playing better than expected this season. Have they made? Is this almost like the next thing that they just they're making enough noise and doing better than expected that people are just going to talk about it naturally?
1: I think so. I mean, I think they're obviously overachieving a little bit, but you know, when you have a young team where there's not a lot of expectations. And we see this across every sport. We see it every season with teams. You're seeing it with the Knicks now. You know, all it takes is for them to build confidence with an early run in the season. Um, you know, we see it a lot in football. Team starts 3-0. and They're like 75% likely to make the playoffs. And I think that that confidence helps. And that kind of speeds up, you know, the growth process for, for that organization. And I think it's, it's something that, you know, the devils can continue. I think they can probably carry it out throughout the year to where they will be, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, a team closer to, to the middle of the pack than, you know, was probably expected going into the season. But, um, you know, they're surprising some people now and they got a lot of good young talent. So confidence is usually the next step, you know, learning how to win, you know, for those young teams is important. So it'll be, uh, It'll be pretty neat to see how they progress during the season. Being a Flyers fan, I hope it goes the other direction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is uh, it is the Devils. You know, we, we have nightmares of the Devils going back to Scott Stevens. But, uh, you know, I won't get too deep into that. But, um, I, you know, I think anytime time they have a good young team, they get confidence during the season, if they get the goaltending. You know, hockey's a weird sport, man. It's like you get into the playoffs, you make a run, goalie gets hot, all of a sudden you're making noise.
0: And speaking of making noise, there have been a few teams to do that. One of them I talk about a lot here uh, just because I thought beginning of the season, you know, they, they were ready for kind of that next step. The Hurricanes have, and now they're beating up on the Predators a little bit here in the first period. Don't know if you had the Hurricanes tonight, but they're 2 to nothing over the Predators in Nashville. But they're 14-6-1 this season. Their next, I think, challenge after, you know, they've been playing so well is to actually end up beating the Tampa Bay Lightning at some point, who are at the top of their division. Uh, but is this young team, who's been up and coming for a couple of years now, do you think they're finally ready for it?
1: I do. I think you're, you know, you're starting to see it come together. Um, I am on the third period over in that game. So, uh, you know, over two goals in the third period for Carolina and Washington. And Washington's a team, too, playing very well of late. You know, so the fact that, you know, they go out there and um, – you know, they can go out there and kind of, you know, play with them is, is interesting. But I think Carolina is a team that is going to be right there with Tampa Bay, uh, you know, lockstep um, this year. And, you know, they'll, they'll probably be able to make some noise as well. You know, play, playoff hockey is always interesting, but it's good to see these young teams develop and, and, you know, start to put things together because, you know, Tampa has had so much success over the past year in sports that, you know, I'd be happy to see the Lightning get knocked
0: off. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. And it would be nice for the Hurricanes to do it. This this team has been fun, too. It's not that they've just been good. They've been fun doing it. Rod Brindamore, too, was awesome to root for, who their, uh, who was their head coach. And uh, the bunch of jerks thing ended up sticking really well. But what plays did you have tonight? We have a, a late-game game That puck dropped just a couple of minutes ago between the Lightning and the Stars, uh, and a lot of games are on right now into the second period late, and of course we're getting the Flyers just about into the third period, along with the Devils and Islanders who are nothing-nothing heading into the third, and the Rangers up 3-2 against Buffalo heading into the third. Uh, But what would you like on tonight's slate, and is there anything you kind of see live-line as we're uh, deep into these games?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I won the Carolina-Nashville and won that third period over, right? So we need two goals in that third period. Um, I was on the Flyers' first period under that hit, and uh, that's a good example that we can kind of go into because when you play these period totals, you know, if you can pick a spot to where you think um, is going to be profitable, you know, the uh, Chris Otto puts out all the data for the period scoring based upon one-and-a-half goals in each period for each team. You know, going into the game, um, the Flyers uh, – you know, where one of the, one of the teams that you could look at it was kind of like middle of the pack as far as, um, you know, that period data. And if you can target those games in that first period, then that gives you opportunity to bet that game live, right? Uh, you know, for instance, that's like a really important thing because after the first period of this Flyers game, this was a game that was lined at six goals, you know, for the, for the over under. After the third, first period, we hit the first period under, then the total drops down to four and a half. Now you have an opportunity to go over top and bet the over for the for the rest of the game. So you can bet the live over after you bet the first period under. It can be really profitable in a lot of ways if you have the data that shows that these are two teams that you know typically go under the one and a half goals in that first period. And that's what we had with um, you know the Flyers and the Penguins. And then you know you look at it knowing that the Penguins weren't going to be at full strength. I thought it was a play that was worth it. Um, did the same thing with. Um, Dallas and Tampa, uh, so that game just about, I think they just dropped the puck recently, but first, uh, first period under on that one. Dallas is one of the teams um, that is, they actually have the uh, best first period under out of any team in the NHL. Um, only two times have they gone over in their 16 games. That's 12%. So constantly in Dallas games, it's under that one and a half first period goals. So you can do that, and then if 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 it's against a higher scoring team, like I said, you can go over top and then bet that over live um, as the game goes. So that's what I've been doing, focusing a lot on uh, you know the period betting with the totals in the NHL. I just feel like uh, you know if you have the data, you know it's a lot easier to kind of look at those trends and try and pick your spots than to try and figure out, you know, teams' motivations, playing back-to-backs, and a lot of things that we haven't seen previously, we don't have a lot of historical data to lean on.
0: Yeah, we've been talking a lot about that with the NBA, you know, back-to-backs, motivation for that game in particular each night. I mean, it's been really tough to bet the NBA in terms of spreads. Now, hockey, the puck line, I know we usually don't bet much, stick to money lines, but has it been tough to also bet hockey uh, as much as it's been the NBA, or has there been some trends that you have been seeing With the back to backs or the weird scheduling we've seen because of COVID?
1: Yeah, I think there's opportunity in the way that I know, like, we've spoken before about, you know, betting live. Like, if you have a, you know, home favored and they allow a goal early, you know, one of the plays was, you know, you play the home favored on the money line because you're going to get a better number, right? You know what I mean at that point. And I I, I tackled, like, the back to backs almost the same way. So if, if the underdog wins the first game of the back-to-back, you know, you might want to go in the favored because the odds are the underdog's going to beat that team twice in a row very low. You know, the price isn't that great, but, you know, it, it, you know I, I think it's a fair play. Um, just trying to find trends like that, spots you can kind of get in. I know teams off the COVID break or did not performing well, Obviously, fatigue was an issue. You can carry that information into the period betting, right? Third period overs are going to be big in those games. If a team's coming back from a COVID issue, you know they're going to have some conditioning challenges there. Um, but it's, uh, you know, so you just kind of have to look at it, but not a lot of flat surface trends that you can kind of line, align yourself with, especially on these back-to-backs. It's, um, it depends, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, hard to grasp in a season where we don't have a lot of data on. So that's why I kind of lean on, you know, the, the period totals. And, and I think that's an area where I like because if you miss on it early, you still have kind of the rest of the game to where you can play. And if you do hit on it, it puts you in a more advantageous position if you wanted to live that the rest of the game.
0: We're talking some pucks and sticks with Mark Drumheller, our sports wagering wizard. You can follow him at X underscore Drumheller. Joining us on the line change, Fox Sports, the gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Uh, and so that's a good look into... Uh, kind of how to bet the hockey season because also NBA is the same thing, which is tough, but I want to kind of apply some of this stuff maybe into tomorrow and also just you mentioned this team and that's why I'm bringing this game up. Uh, Tomorrow, the Bruins take on the Capitals. This one is in Boston. Minus 139 the Bruins are in the money line. Plus 120 are the Capitals. I don't have to give a play for this game, but is this where the Capitals are, where you know they, they can compete with teams like Boston because that's obviously where they're going to need to be if they want to win that division, and maybe not win the division, but you know, win in the playoffs as well. Just where do you see this Capitals team being at the moment, and do you think maybe uh, they could be a play here at plus-120?
1: Yeah, they could be. I mean, I, I probably would lean towards them at plus-120, than I would Bruins at minus-140 or you know, whatever they're going off at this point. Um, so I think there is opportunity. you know, you got both teams you know, rested. Um, so, you know, they're going to come in there. It's not like one team's playing off of back to back, and it's a big game. Those teams, you know, are kind of tight in the standings. Um, so, you know, I think that that's an opportunity where you can play the underdog, um, you know, in that situation. I, I'd probably do that because you're getting a better price with the Capitals at the 120 than you are with the Bruins at 140.
0: And also going into tomorrow's games, because also I want to get a, a little bit of insight into these teams. As well, the Golden Knights are favored against the Wild, minus 141, uh, plus 123 on the Minnesota Wild, and the Avalanche, minus 215, while the Sharks, plus 182. Those two teams out in the West Division, they are obviously the two best teams. Which ones have you have liked uh, kind of the most this season? And, of course, you know if there's any bet with those two games, if you have that, let us know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when we look at it, you know, Minnesota kind of jumps out at me, right, because when you think of them, you think overall, you know, tough defensive team, you know, they can kind of neutralize if they have a high-scoring opponent, right, like Las Vegas. And, um, you know, in the first period, you know, those games go over 63% of the time. So they are kind of a slow-starting defensive team. You know, you look at a game like that, it's going to be lined pretty high, probably six and a half um, on the total. So, you know, you could kind of bet that first period um, over with a team like that. It looks like it's five and a half is actually the the, the total on that one. So you could bet that first period over um, in, that, in that Wild Golden Knights matchup. I think that's probably the best play out of all of it because you're getting a low total at the five and a half because of Minnesota, the way they play. But in the first period, they've been an over team.
0: And I want to ask this just to make sure if there have been any changes with you or you have seen something as of late. Anything in terms of the futures market? Now, the one I've been paying close attention to, the Central, because the Lightning were behind the Hurricanes for about a hot minute uh, when, it, when the Hurricanes and Lightning first started to play uh, their games against each other. But now the Lightning are a commanding favorite, minus 167, the Hurricanes plus 250. But anything with the futures market that you've seen kind of shift that, that has caught your attention at least?
1: Not necessarily, not necessarily. And I think that it's, you know, it, it's at the point where we the NHL if, you know, you kind of have to let it play out a little bit more. Like, I like this we get into kind of like that third quarter of the season is where you can kind of really get an idea of how these teams are going to look kind of going into the playoffs. And I think that's really the best time of when, like, I would enter the market. You can enter it before the season. You know, you want to take your shots if you want to tie up your money you know, for the entire season, uh, that's something definitely you can do. But after that window, when the season starts, I usually lay off the futures till about, you know, the the season's like three quarters of the way through, and then I kind of have an idea of, hey, you know, this goalie could really – come alive in the playoffs could help this team maybe take a shot with these guys, that sort of thing.
0: Mm, that, th- this segment felt good. It felt like I had a, a hockey refresher, and now I'm all caught up on all things hockey. Uh, that's where you do, Mark Drumheller. You have that effect. All the numbers there, and uh, especially some of the betting trends as well to look into uh, in the NHL season. All very good. We'll have this posted on the website, Well This will be podcasted. You can just go to the tab, the line change, check out all these interviews, and this is certainly want to check out mark always appreciate it and of course friday can't wait for you to be on with sean and to hear more about the fcs how is that going for you
1: absolutely it's going great man i'm having a blast we went two and two again this weekend right so um you know didn't win a ton of money but also you know we left with hardly a scratch on us right and that's that's the main thing. i feel but like you're, been, you're due
0: for a huge weekend i don't know i'm feeling it yeah, why am i feeling yeah, it this weekend
1: it's, uh, it, it's been it's been very volatile And that's kind of the thing. So the fact that we've gotten out of there the last two weeks, you know, pretty much treading water, um, (laughs) is a victory in itself. But I really feel like I have a good idea of of really what's to come going forward, and I can still see some of the some of the uh, the movement in the market that you know just shows the inefficiency of the market, and I think that that's why. A lot of people, like you saw a lot of posts over the weekend, and they were talking about dogs. When I had sixteen and four, and they were just like, "Wow, like this is nuts. This is so volatile. You can't bet this." But um, you know, if you really know the teams and you do the work, and you can kind of see what happened, they all kind of have different circumstances of why that occurred. But I mean, I'll get more into that Friday. But it's it's really interesting. And I, like I said, I placed all four of my bets. Back- Monday morning when the lines came out, I thought there was plenty of opportunity. So I'm still pretty confident moving forward. I think there's a lot of value on the board this week. So I can't wait to talk about it on Friday.
0: Yeah, and real quick before I let you go, because now I'm interested to be – because the XFL, didn't it feel like the same way? You know, it's, it's something, mm-hmm. not FCS is new, but it's new for, you know, some people that are gambling on that league, sort of the way the XFL was, and you're, you're trying to figure your way through it. And I think after about the first couple of weeks of the XFL is when we really started to just hit on almost everything. I know especially you did. Uh, you just went on an absolute tear uh, once that season kind of got going. It, it, does this have the same feeling with the FCS?
1: It really does. It really does, and I think that a lot of it is, is you know, is really you have to do your homework and you have to understand these teams. You have to understand the makeup of the team, and it, it's because the market's not efficient. It's not like the NFL to where you know you have millions of betters betting into the market. And you know that it's efficient. So if the line moves against you, you know, that's an alarm, right? And you're trying to figure out what injury you missed or what piece of news you missed because you must have missed something because the market moves against you. Um, But in the FCS, the three games that I won, three of the four games I won, the market moved against me, right? Because the market, the people betting into this market, you know, don't really have a good grasp on what's going on. So you're seeing lines move all over the place. There's a lot of volatility. Um, but I, I, have, I when the lines came out Monday morning, I, I was pretty pleased with some of the things I was able to sink my teeth into. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's actually a game Thursday night. It starts early. It's nice. Thursday and Friday night game this week. So um, it's going to be a lot of football. Villanova gets started. Um, they have their first game this weekend, so it's good to have someone local to attach to.
0: I love it. Thursday night lights uh, for a Thursday night football back. Uh, And I can't wait for that. Maybe we'll have to uh, get a little video out from Mark Drummeller piping us up for the FCS game. But uh, great having you on again, Mark. Uh, Thanks for the refresher on hockey for me. And can't wait again Friday when you're on the Daily Ticket and hearing some FCS. But good to hear from you tonight.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, John.
0: Did you know you can earn rewards just by shopping in Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your rewards points for discounts on gas at participating Exxon stations or for free groceries. Plus, get personalized deals and digital coupons that are just for you. Download the Acme app or visit www.acmemarkets.com to sign up and save Acme Fresh Foods local flavors.